one two one two one two one two. Hey, what's up? This is Jay, aka JC, aka Law T, aka J Caesar, aka the Hip Hop Taliban. That's where you can find me on Twitter at Hip Hop Taliban. And a couple of days ago, uh, I got hit up on Twitter by Zedadiah Zednara. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, which I probably am. But anyway, he hit me up on Twitter and was like, yo, what's up with part two? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was slipping because the tragic results of the U.S. presidential election kind of threw a lot of things off schedule for me this week. And if you go to... The Liberator, T-H-A-L-I-B-E-R-A-T-O-R.com. Uh, I have an article up there all about my thoughts on uh, the election of Donald Trump and uh, America, race, politics, and the uh, direction, I believe, that we're headed as a society. But this is not that. This is part two of the greatest hip-hop album ever episode of the Get Off My Lawn podcast. And in the first episode, began laying out the case for Death Certificate as the greatest hip-hop album of all time. And in this episode, pretty much going to be adding to that case with some key elements and factors that, in my mind, make Death Certificate uh, undisputedly the most significant. Well, yeah, I, I, I really could, well... I get into a thing about important hip-hop albums versus uh, great hip-hop albums. And they're not always the same thing. You can have an album that's important in the history of hip-hop, but isn't necessarily one of its greatest albums. Uh, Death Certificate is both significant, important, and great. And in this episode, we will get into uh, the reasons why. So, without any further ado, well, just like last time, a little more ado, um, you can go to greatesthiphopalbum.com and read more in depth about some of the things I'm going to go over in this episode. And you can also see some uh, video clips, most of the audio I will, pr- I will probably play during this episode, but uh, there's several little extras that add greater context to the discussion. And there's also a section where you can go and leave comments. Um, that's always welcome because not everyone agrees, and I expect this to be something that stirs debate, which it has, but... I still haven't heard an argument 
against what I've presented. There are people who just instinctively say, when I tell them Death Certificate's the greatest hip-hop album ever, they're like, wait, no, because everybody already in their mind has an idea of the album they think is the greatest, which is fine. But once we get beyond that and I start presenting the evidence for my case, and again, this isn't strictly a beats and rhymes argument because Death Certificate is so much more than that. And it means so much more to that in the context in which I'm presenting it. So that's why I go through and lay out each one of these elements, I believe, makes the case for Death Certificate as hip-hop's greatest album. So, now, here we go. Part two, hip-hop's greatest album, Death Certificate. Let's go. Peace. The following program contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Killer King. Drawing less attention than the more racially charged songs on Death Certificate, Ice Cube took a significant amount of local criticism from the media and medical communities for Alive on Arrival. In the song, he describes the conditions at Martin Luther King Jr. Drew Medical Center the county hospital serving the South Central Los Angeles area, otherwise known as Killa King, a moniker bestowed on the hospital by local residents thanks to substandard medical treatment and tragic patient outcomes. The hospital was founded after the Watts riots to serve the healthcare needs of the chronically underserved and impoverished residents of South Central Los Angeles, an area that ranks Number one in the city in coronary heart disease, diabetes, homicides, poverty, uninsured children, teen birth rate, unvaccinated elderly, and total death rate. In 1965, the facility became the teaching hospital 
for the Charles R. Drew University of Medicine and Science. By the time Death Certificate was released in 1991, the horror stories coming out of Killer King were urban common knowledge, making the backlash from the media, politicians, and healthcare professionals to Alive on Arrival even more bizarre. Did they not know what seemingly everyone in the area already knew? As with other songs and topics on Death Certificate, outrage should have given way to examination as, once again, Ice Cube proved prophetic. In the song, Ice Cube details crowded conditions, less than professional responses to patients, extensive waiting times, substandard treatment, and eventually death through medical neglect and negligence. Was Ice Cube correct or engaging in a misguided attempt to be controversial by making, quote, obtuse political statements, end quote? Edith Isabel Rodriguez On May 9, 2007, Edith Isabel Rodriguez was brought to King Drew emergency room suffering from severe abdominal pain. She was prescribed pain medication and released. While waiting outside the emergency room, she collapsed to the ground. County police officers responding to a call of female down in front of the hospital and a member of the hospital staff placed Rodriguez in a wheelchair and took her back into the emergency room waiting area where she collapsed, falling out of the chair. According to a police report, emergency room nurse Linda Rutland told Rodriguez, quote, get off the floor and onto the chair, end quote. Rodriguez was helped back into the wheelchair and shortly after the officers left, she collapsed on the floor again. This time, there was no help. When her boyfriend, Jose Prado, arrived at the hospital, he found Rodriguez on the floor of the waiting room, writhing in pain, bleeding from the mouth, and vomiting. Unable to get assistance from hospital workers inside the emergency room, Prado and another woman called 911 to report that Rodriguez was dying and being ignored. Both callers were told by dispatchers that the situation, quote, was not an emergency. In a video of the incident, eventually obtained by the media, a janitor can be seen cleaning the area around Rodriguez as nearby hospital staff ignore her and go on about their other business. Unsuccessful with 911, Prado approached police officers at the hospital for assistance. Instead of providing assistance, police took Rodriguez into custody after a computer search showed an outstanding arrest warrant for a parole violation. As officers wheeled her out of the hospital, Rodriguez became unresponsive. 45 minutes after being brought into the emergency room, Edith Isabel Rodriguez was dead. The county coroner said she died of perforated large bowel an injury that would most likely not have been fatal had she received proper medical treatment. A county health officer said Rodriguez was the victim of inexcusable indifference by hospital staff, and the Rodriguez case was not an isolated incident. Rather, it was one of the final incidents 
and the hospital's infamous history. If you visit greatesthiphopalbum.com and you go to the section labeled Killer King, you can watch the video of Edith Isabel Rodriguez in the hospital waiting room. Medical infamy. From 2002 to 2006, the hospital was cited more than a dozen times for patient care lapses and blamed for a series of patient deaths. In January 2004, the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, deemed King Drew, quote, out of compliance, end quote, with standards for federal funding eligibility, threatening the hospital's Medicare and Medicaid revenue. By March, CMS elevated their warning to that of, quote, immediate jeopardy, end quote, meaning that in the opinions of CMS, patients at King Drew were at risk for harm or death due to medication errors. In 2006, CMS issued a 124-page report detailing dozens of errors and failures by the hospital staff. Medical equipment was not sterilized properly, potentially exposing patients to infections. Three nurses took more than three minutes to find a vial of medicine. Another did not know how to mix medication during an emergency drill. Los Angeles police officers, sheriff's deputies, and firefighters all reportedly opposed being taken to the hospital if they were hurt in the line of duty. In 2004, 260 hospital staffers, including 41 doctors, were fired or resigned as a result of disciplinary proceedings. In June 2004, CMS stated that patients were in jeopardy, citing the use of taser stun, stun guns to subdue psychiatric patients. The American College of Surgeons revoked its approval of the quality of King Drew's trauma unit in 1999 and 2003 because it failed to properly investigate questionable patient deaths and because doctors routinely skipped meetings held to discuss treatment problems. In 2003, the Los Angeles Times reported two women connected to cardiac monitors at King Drew died after their deteriorating vital signs went undetected. In December 2003, DHS closed the cardiac monitoring ward at the hospital after a third patient died under questionable circumstances. In February 2005, the Joint Commission on Accreditation of Healthcare Organizations citing the medical cited the medical center for failing to correct severe lapses in patient care, revoked the hospital's seal of approval. 99% of hospitals pass Joint Commission audits. In March 2005, three patients died as a result of insufficient care. In 2005, the Los Angeles Times won a Pulitzer Prize for its coverage of the hospital's problems. In 2006, a federal inspection revealed problems in nursing, pharmacy, infection control, surgical services, rehabilitation services, quality control, patients' rights, and the hospital's governing body and physical plant. 
In June 2007, federal health officials declared the hospital put emergency room patients in, quote, immediate jeopardy, end quote, of harm or death, that it was in violation of the Emergency Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act. In April 2007, 60% of the hospital's 285 registered and licensed vocational nurses failed one or more parts of basic clinical competency assessments. Accusations against the hospital going back to the 80s included nurses sleeping through patient trauma, nurses slept through patient trauma causing death, Nurses turned down noisy heart monitors, missing fatal cardiac arrests. Patients with minor injuries died in the emergency room of neglect or mistreatment. One patient had a hysterectomy after a King Drew doctor told her she had cancer that she did not have. One patient won a large settlement after she was given HIV-infected blood at the hospital and developed AIDS. The hospital's trauma center was forced to close in 2005. The hospital's emergency room was closed August 10, 2007. The rest of the hospital was closed August 27, 2010. Now in the years since the hospital's closing, there was a concerted effort to reopen the facility as it left a large portion of the South Central LA community uh, without access to very necessary medical and emergency services. So in the years since, I'd have to go back and double check. This is, mm, I would say within the last two to three years, The hospital, in partnership with other medical organizations, has uh, reopened, and we haven't heard these types of stories emerging from the newly reopened facility. But again, from the 80s through August 27th, 2010, Martin Luther King Drew, or Killer King, as it was known, was not the place that you wanted to end up in an emergency situation. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to play Alive on Arrival, which is the song that Ice Cube created for Death Certificate in 1991. Most of what I just read and everything I rattled off about the hospital, those complaints, many of those didn't come to full light until years later. Again, ending with the closing of the hospital in August of 2010. So in 1991, this is what Ice Cube had to say about Killer King. Spot. 
It's me and JD and they selling more birds than a pet shop The spot's hot and everybody nervous That's when a blue car surfers Oh why good fools have to let loose Her six pop from a deuce deuce Big time had to push us Thirteen niggas running straight to the bushes But they get so they can drop down But why a motherfucker like me have to fall down Not knowing why I dropped out Still can't afford to get popped out So now I got a check Only ran one block but my shirt is soaking wet Trying to see if we got him Look down at my sweatshirt's red at the bottom Didn't panic but I still look cracked out Yell to the homies then I'm blacked out Get up, man. Get up, man. Get up, man. Come on, man. Get up, man. Come on, man. Woke up in the back of a tray on my way to MLK. That's the county hospital, Jack. <laughs> when niggas die over a little scratch. Sitting in the trauma center. And my back is where the bullet entered. Yo, nurse, I'm getting kind of warm. Bitch still made me fill out the fucking form. Coughing up blood on my hands and knees. Then I heard, freeze, nigga, don't move, yo. I didn't do a thing. Don't wanna go out like my man Rodney King. Still got gaffled. Internal bleeding as the bullets start to travel. Now I'm handcuffed. Being asked information on my gang affiliation. I don't bang, I rock the dick rhymes. And I'm a victim of neighborhood crime. Are you the other one that got shot? Who's got a gun with you, Gary? No, man, don't know who it was, man. You're the gang? Man, what does this matter, man? I'm shot. I need to see a MD. And y'all motherfuckers giving me the third degree. Look at the waiting room. It's filled to the rim like the county jail day room. Nobody getting help. Since we poked the hospital, it moved slow. Now I'm laid out. People stepping over me to get closer to the TV. Just like a piece of dog shit Now why I die on this nappy ass carpet One hour done passed Done watched two episodes of MASH And when I'm almost through They call my name and put me in ICU Halfway dead No respect and handcuffed to the bed Now the drama starts Cause the bullet must be just a hair from my heart Then I begin to ask kissing Just to get looked at by overworked physician Had the chills but my temperature's 103 Only got a band-aid and an IV That's when I start cussing Police steady asking me who did the bus Who you get shot with? 22 Who shot you? I don't know who shot me Was it gangbangers? Had to be Why oh why can I get help? Cause I'm black, I got to go for self Too many black bodies to hospital housing So at 10pm, I was out of 5,000 Ice Cube's stark assessment of King Drew Hospital came 14 years before the hospital began shutting down and 16 years before the death of Edith Rodriguez essentially led to the hospital's demise. The parallels between the scenario he describes in the song and what happened to her are eerily similar. Sitting in the trauma center, and my back is where the bullet entered, yo nurse, I'm getting kinda warm, bitch still made me fill out the fucking form, waiting in the trauma center. Waiting in the trauma center, Rodriguez made an appeal to multiple, indifferent trauma room nurses. 
coughing up blood on my hands and knees. Then I heard, freeze nigga, don't move. Yo, I didn't do a thing. Don't want to go out like my man Rodney King. Still got gaffled. Internal bleeding as the bullet starts to travel. Laying on the floor, coughing up blood and vomiting, Rodriguez was taken into custody by police officers instead of being treated for her life-threatening condition. People stepping over me to get closer to the TV, just like a piece of dog shit. Now will I die on this nappy-ass carpet? Having fallen from her wheelchair, Rodriguez lay on the waiting room floor, writhing in pain as patients and staff passed by and a janitor mopped the floor around her. One hour done passed. Done watched two episodes of M.A.S.H. Rodriguez was left on the waiting room floor for 45 minutes. Why oh why can't I get help? Cause I'm black, I gots to go for self. Too many black bodies the hospital housing. So at 10 p.m. I was Audi 5000. Having spent the last hour of her life begging for assistance, Rodriguez died at the hospital. Much like black Korea, Alive on Arrival represented the loudest and most prominent voice attempting to draw attention to what was a festering crisis that ultimately exploded on TV screens and the front page of the LA Times. The cover. In the age of iTunes pilfering MP3s from blogs and Serato doing away with LPs and 12 inches as staples, most people have no use for expending the additional bandwidth to download a PDF or JPEG of a cover art file. However, there was a time when cover art was an integral part of the album package. Whether we're talking about Biggie biting Nas's Illmatic cover, the Beastie Boys plane smashed into the side of a cliff, the fantabulous Darlene on the front and back sides of Power, Ice Tease. I don't want to say the album's a classic, but the the LP cover and reverse sides are absolutely classics. We have Old Dirty Bastard's Welfare Card, or the playfully suggestive Bizarre Ride to the Far Side Roller Coaster. Cover art used to matter. And what real hip-hop head hasn't tried to identify all the faces on the cover of Midnight Marauders? Well, the image of a scowling ice cube dressed in black, hand over his heart, standing in a morgue over the flag-draped corpse of Uncle Sam, complete with toe tag, gives listeners all the evidence they'll need to decipher what their ears are in store for. Does the murky, semi-desaturated image represent the death of the American dream? Ice Cube's intention to spark a violent black revolution that takes no prisoners? 
the ultimate revenge fantasy? Whatever your interpretation, it's clear this album won't feature any club bangers, dance songs, or the typically mandatory radio-friendly fare intended to ensure top chart position and big first week sales. The cover sets the perfect tone for the bleak, angry, aggressive, raw, grimy, rage-filled 20-track opus about to be experienced. And for a look at some of the classic covers that I referenced, again, just visit greatesthiphopalbum.com and click on the cover section. Check them out. It ain't over, motherfuckers. Ice Cube left the Seminole Compton crew NWA in December 1989 over a financial dispute. In May 1990, he dropped the classic America's Most Wanted, on which he took the high road and didn't say one word about NWA or his split from the group. Apparently, not being able to leave well enough alone and having 5 minutes and 13 seconds to fill on their May 1991 album, Niggas for Life, the first half of which represents some of the best work of the genre pre or post Ice Cube. NWA dropped the two songs Message to B.A. and Real Niggas. The former is a weak collection of random fabricated disses from NWA sympathizers, spoken answering machine style and punctuated with MC Ren explaining how he plans to formally introduce Ice Cube to a broomstick should the two ever meet. Real Niggas, on the other hand, is simply an outstanding song featuring a driving beat and some of the most rapidly delivered Furious Rhymes N.W.A. has ever kicked. And then late in the song, someone seems to have said, Oh, oh yeah, we got a diss Ice Cube. Perhaps there were some more subliminal disses earlier in the track, but it's not until MC Ren drops this gem that it's clear that this is, in fact, a diss record. Well, sorta. Ren goes on to rap, quote, They played out, that's what niggas were chanting. One nigga left and they said we ain't happening. People had thought we was finished and then done with, but if you think about it, yo, we really ain't done shit. End quote. And then Dr. Dre follows up with, we started off with too much cargo, so I'm glad we got rid of Benedict Arnold. Hmm. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play these two songs, Message to B.A. And then Real Niggas from the N.W.A. album Niggas for Life. Hear what they had to say to O'Shea. A message to Benedict Arnold. No matter how hard you try to be. Here's what they think about you. Hello, I was at the celebrity, and I was wondering why that punk Ice Cube was crying after he got his ass beat by ATL. Yo, the nigga was saying he's from Compton. He ain't from Compton. He was from a planet called Punk. He was fed pussy, protein, and pearl tongue. All I want to know is why y'all let his punk ass in the group in the first place when you knew what kind of bitch he was. 
Yeah, I was at the new music seminar in New York, and I watched that pork motherfucker run while the rest of his homeboys got their ass beat. Hello, I'm calling in to say since Ice Cube is sucking so much New York dick, could he come and eat some of this Chicago pussy? I smell pussy. Yeah, nigga, when we see your ass, we gonna cut your hair off and fuck you with a broomstick. Think about it, punk motherfucker. Like a hostage, yo, you should have covered your motherfucking head like an ostrich Deep in the dirt, cause you's a sucker Then your ass up high so I can kick the motherfucker Don't try to hang your best boy Cause my foot'll be so far up your ass, you'll get hemorrhoids Before you try to fuck with Ren, I put two in your ass and you'll be shitting size 10 First come, first serve, whoever's got the nerve Step up and get what you deserve From the word of a motherfucking hip-hop maniac, brainiac So what you oughta do is step the fuck back Now how the fuck you think the rap would last With your ass saying shit that'll set the past Yo, be original, your shit is sloppy Get off your dick, you motherfucking carbon copy Falling deep in the drums for many of styles Is one of the reasons a nigga ran a hundred miles Cheating and out beating the crowd I kept seating But weak motherfuckers fighting off and they kept eating Styles that kept full of bull Cause the focus were local in nightclubs And not getting paid in full They got the nerve to cuss Only reason niggas beating your record is cause they thought it was up Yo, giving what I gotta give, doing what I gotta do You don't care for me, so who gives a fuck about you? You can't harm me, alarm me Cause we're the generals in this Fucking hip hop army. The niggas with attitudes, if you didn't know, we blow flow and didn't move slow from the get go. Yo, titles to take it. Yo, fuck this shit. Yella kick the break in. It's the real thing. You are now. You can run, but you can't hide. You know I'ma find you. Cause a nigga like Rand's only two steps behind you. Don't look back because you're shaking and all scared. A nigga in black can be your scariest nightmare. So sleep with the lights on. Forget that the mic's on. Don't step on the motherfucking stage without nights on. Go see a psycho, and then you just might go. Mentally fucked up when I let the right blow. All these niggas with the jibber jabber. But couldn't kill a fly with a motherfucking sledgehammer. Gangsters and black are out there. out there. But only because, yo, it's the shit that we wear. On my motherfucking dick. But I'ma love it when you drop like a motherfucking brick So yo, step off, go to bed Cause if you're misled, you get a motherfucking bullet in your forehead Black, the good, the bad, the ugly, see? A little streetwise nigga, you know me Rollin' with some real niggas, plan for keeps But you motherfuckers know who run the streets With that hardcore hip-hop rap shit. rap shit Now how much harder can another nigga get? Tryna be like us, sound like us, dress like us Ashes to ashes and dust to dust So nigga, 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 please Since you own the dick, why don't you drop to your knees? Cause I'm a motherfucker that it's out to kill Easy E A nigga that's real Real niggas Straight off the streets of Compton Quick to get in your shit Without a second thought And if your ass gets smoked It's my bullet you caught So if you're talking shit About the niggas in black Bow down To the kings And right ahead they played out, that's when niggas was chatting One nigga left and they said we ain't happening People had thought we was finishing and done with But if you think about it, yo, we really ain't done shit Yeah, so cover your ears and wipe your tears And quit sniffing all over my dick for new ideas And when the new record comes, don't come like a fucking bump I got the fucking money to buy you a fucking crumb Y'all the dicks are four niggas, not one And when it comes to dicks, you don't even have one So brace yourself to make sure you don't get fucked up Cause if I let you slide, it's just cause you're locked up Don't come on my face again because I'm a lawyer And if you're a bitch, I'm a fucking Ignore ya, because my attitude's a little bigger Cause MC Friend is one of the real niggas Lost in the motherfucking world of madness Sadness, but Dre's just a nigga that's glad it Sucker motherfuckers like you, making whack jam Because it only shows you how dope I am Never try to ignore us, 
When I'm expressing stand still like a full of rigor mortis Cause I'm a real nigga, but I guess you're bigger You can break me, take me, but watch me pull the trigger Dre's just a nigga with heart, a nigga that's smart A nigga that's paid to stay with others and scared to play We started out with too much cargo So I'm glad we got rid of Benedict Arnold Yo, N.W.A. Criticize what we say But I'ma do the shit anyway Cause I'm the motherfucking doctor, never faking Yo, yeller, kick the motherfucking break in Straight out of motherfucking Compton Taking over shit in all of the 1990s Dr. Dre, DJ Yella, Easy Easy, and I am MC Red Yo, NWA taking over this motherfucker, y'all Okay So after 19 tracks full of blistering, scathing social commentary and controversy, there's a brief pause at the end of Death Certificate, and then Ice Cube is heard, almost in a whisper, saying, Damn, forgot to do something. Oh yeah, it ain't over, motherfuckers. And thus begins, not the shot across the bow, but the direct kill shot to the dome that is no Vaseline. The lyrical equivalent of a Mortal Kombat style fatality in which Ice Cube reached into N.W.A.'s collective chest, ripped out its heart, leaving only a shell of the world's most dangerous group to collapse in total and complete defeat. How devastating was no Vaseline? Stripped of every last shred of street credibility, N.W.A. issued no reply record and shortly thereafter dissolved completely under a cloud of the same financial shadiness Ice Cube brought to light initially. Why was the song so devastating, though? Well, it was devastating for the same reason Eminem's Whitey's Revenge obliterated Everlast and the reason the whole hip-hop community let out a collective Chris Tucker-like, damn! When Jay-Z rhymed to Nas, I came in your Bentley back seat, skeeted in your Jeep, left condoms on your baby seat. It's devastating because it's true. Or at least, based on truth. The overriding theme of the song is that NWA's white manager, Jerry Heller, or as he is known to Ice Cube, White man, white boy, Jew, that devil, cracker. A then 51-year-old Jewish dude was ripping off the group financially. Equally significant is Ice Cube highlighting the irony of this crew of hardcore black gangster rappers being engaged in any number of activities directly contrary to that hardcore image. Cube says... Yellow boys on your team, so you're losing. Check. DJ Yella has gained more fame as a porn producer than as the group's DJ. And in the context of NWA, what did that really mean? Dre did the bulk of the producing, and it's not like any of the group's albums showcased any turntablism. 
Quote, you're getting fucked out your green by a white boy with no Vaseline. End quote. Check. Two of the group's most prominent members eventually left the group and Ruthless Records over financial disputes with Easy e and Heller, signifying some type of fiscal shenanigans. Quote, You used to be down with the AK. Now I see you in a video with Miss Chalet, looking like straight bozos. I saw it coming. That's why I went solo. End quote. And check. The video for Michelle Something in My Heart speaks for itself with uh, members of NWA in tuxedos and top hats or whatever. And uh, if you go to greatesthiphopalbum.com and you click on the this link and scroll down, there is a link to the Michelle video featuring members of NWA looking like, in the words of Cube, straight bozos. <laughs> Quote, House nigga got a run and hide, yelling Compton, but you moved to Riverside. End quote. Check. NWA group members moved into a large home in the Los Angeles suburb of Riverside. Quote, I'll never have dinner with the president. End quote. Check. On March 18, 1991, Eric Eze Wright paid $1,230 to attend the Salute to the Commander-in-Chief, sponsored by the National Republican Senatorial Committee, attended by 1,400 Republicans and punctuated by a speech from President George H.W. Bush. When asked about the event, one of the villain and black spokespeople told Entertainment Weekly, quote, Easy really loves the president. He thinks he's a great humanitarian and that he did a great job with Desert Storm. End quote. The hip-hop thugster told the Washington Post, quote, I do support the president's policy in the Persian Gulf. I'm not against anything, really, that he's doing. End quote. Easy E offered a pseudo-explanation in an op-ed piece for the LA Times, the link which can also be found at greatesthiphopalbum.com. And for the record, this wasn't the last um, questionable decision Easy e made. Imagine the additional ammunition Ice Cube would have had if Death Certificate was released a year later when Easy e performer on the classic record Fuck the Police, decided to publicly support Theodore J. Bersinio, one of the accused officers in the Rodney King beating trial. The bizarre position prompted Ghetto Boys member Willie D to proclaim, quote, Easy E is a sellout, end quote. Or rather, Willie D would be, Easy E is a sellout, end quote. By any disc record standard, no Vaseline gets high marks. But when the disc record simultaneously humiliates and sticks a fork in one of hip-hop's most important groups, it has to be considered among the ranks of the greatest diss songs ever. And now, here it is. 
Ice Cube, no Vaseline. Uh, oh yeah, it ain't over, motherfuckers. The motherfucking saga continues. Y'all motherfuckers ready for a W.A.? Well, get the fuck up! But now, since he stepped the fuck off... Here's what they think about you. 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 Here's what they think about Here's what they think about you. Here's what they think about you. Fuck all y'all. Goddamn, I'm glad y'all set it off. Used to be hard, now you just went and saw Bert, you was down with the AK. And now I see you on a video with Mitchell A. Looking like straight bozos. I saw it coming, that's why I went solo. And kept on stomping. Well, y'all motherfuckers move straight out of Compton. Living with the whites, one big house. And not another nigga in sight I started off with too much cargo Drop four niggas, now I'm making all the dough White man just fooling The niggas with attitudes? Who you fooling? Y'all niggas just phony I put that on my mama and my dead homies Yellow boys on your team, so you're losing Hey yo, Drake, stick to producing Calling me on a butt, you been a dick Easy E, saw your ass and went in it quick You got jealous when I got my own company But I'm a man, and ain't nobody helping me Trying to sound like American most You can yell all day, but you don't come close Cause you know I'm the one that flunked You done run a hundred miles, but you still got one to go With the L-E-N-C-H-M-O-B And y'all disgrace to see P.T. Cause you're getting fucked out your green by a white boy With no Vaseline Shit, trying to tell you a year ago, but Willie D told me to let a hoe be a hoe, so I couldn't stop you from getting gay. Now let's play Big Bang, take Little Bang. Try to diss Ice Cube, it wasn't worth it, cause the broomstick fits your ass so perfect. Cut my hand out, cut them balls, cause I heard you like giving up the draws. Gang banged by your manager, fella, get money out your ass, like a motherfucking ready teller. Giving up the dollar bills, now they got the villain with a purse and high heels, so don't believe what Ren say. He's going out like tooth to kiss tape But I got a whip for you, Toby Used to be my homie, now you act like you don't know me It's a case of divide and conquer Cause you let a juice break up my crew House nigga gotta run and hide Yelling Compton, but you moved to Riverside So don't front, MC ran Cause I remember when you drove a B210 Broke as a motherfucking joke Let you on the scene to back up the first team It ain't my fault, one nigga got smart And they ripping your asshole apart by cutting your brain, oh yeah, the villain does get fucked with no Vaseline. I never have dinner with the president. 
I never have dinner with the president. I never have dinner with the president. And when I see your ass again, I'll be hesitant. Now I think you a snitch. Throw a house nigga in the ditch. Half pipe, bitch. Fucking your whole boy, you little maggot. Easy E turn fag with your manager, fella. Fucking MC Red, that's the break. And yeah, but if they were smart as me, easy E'll be hanging from a tree with no Vaseline. Just imagine a little bit of gasoline. Light him up, burn him up, flame more. So that Jerry Curl is gone. On a permanent vacation, off the massive plantation. Heard you both got the same bank account, dumb nigga. What you thinking about? Get rid of that devil real simple. Put a bullet in his temple. Cause you can't beat a nigga for life, crew. With a white dude telling you what to do. Pulling wolves with your scam. Now I got a play, the silence of the lamb. With a mission, who's a punk too? Trying to fuck me, but I'd rather fuck you. Eric White, punk, always into something. Getting fucked at night by Mr. Shitpacker. Been over for the goddamn cracker, no Vaseline. Motherfucking nose job having ass, motherfucking Jerry Curl, like Ambie wearing motherfucking bitch. And now we get to get into the frequently asked questions. As I mentioned, I initially put this website together and wrote this piece back in 2011. But I've been having the discussion with people in the years before and since. And there are certain questions that that come up uh, fairly frequently, and thus the frequently asked questions. So, if you have questions, comments, if you want to uh, let me know why I'm correct or where you think I went wrong, then there is a comment section at greatesthiphopalbum.com or you can... Hit me on Twitter at Hip Hop Taliban, or you can go to The Liberator on Instagram and Twitter, T H A L I B E R A T O R. There are lots of ways to let your thoughts be known, but again, with the frequently asked questions, let's uh, dive right into this. So, the first one I get frequently is after I go through my uh, explanation about why I think Death Certificate is the greatest hip-hop album of all time, I'm asked, does this mean that you think Ice Cube is the greatest rapper of all time? And the answer is no. Not at all. Not even close. And as a matter of fact of considering how precipitously his skills declined after the Predator album, culminating with the god-awful hot garbage horribleness of the verse I'm about to play from 2001's Connected for Life, I have a hard time arguing that Ice Cube should be placed in the top 30 greatest MCs of all time. Now, I say that because at this point, 
his mediocre or terrible material far outweighs numerically his classic material when he was at his height. The stuff he did with NWA and then from his first eh, America's Most Wanted classic. Kill It Will was an EP but had some classics. Dead Homies, uh, The Product, Death Certificate, Clearly, it's obvious what I think of Death Certificate. Then after that, The Predator. Predator was interesting because by the time Predator came out, Ice Cube had begun to receive um, recognition for the predictions that he made on Death Certificate with regard to the riots. And following the riots, West Coast artists who had been derided for being too negative and celebrating violence, were suddenly sought out by members of the media to try and explain this series of catastrophic events that took place that caught uh, the LAPD and most of the members of society outside of South Central Los Angeles caught them totally by surprise so when cameras and microphones turned to rappers suddenly Ice Cube, Ice T were given a greater voice and I don't want to say they were made credible but in a way that's kind of what happened and by the time Predator came out, it was almost like a victory lap of sorts for Ice Cube. And he reveled in the fact that he had been validated. Everything that he said on Death Certificate more or less had come to pass. And had the same people who were busy uh, chastising him paid attention to what he was saying, then perhaps, I'm not going to say that the, uh, that the underlying circumstances that caused the riots would have been avoided. The riots may have taken place, probably would have taken place regardless, but perhaps there would have been dialogue and discussion before the riots. But instead... You had groups like the Urban League, Southern Christian Leadership Council, denouncing Ice Cube instead of uh, taking a hard, serious look at what he was actually saying. But anyway, back to the question of do I think Ice Cube is the greatest rapper of all time because I think Death Certificate is the greatest album of all time? The answer is no. And I'm about to play Ice Cube's verse from a song that he did with uh, fellow West Side connection members Mac 10 and Dub C and it's hard to believe that this is the same guy who created <laughs> death certificate but this is Ice Cube connected for life Split it. to all you women that think you bootylicious I think you nutritious 
vicious. I think you do dishes. I'm making three wishes. I'm taking your pictures and spinning your riches and hitting your switches. Egomaniac. Little homies call me Brainiac. Ice Cube is stuck up and it ain't an act. So take a hit of that and remember that. We're on my west side, riders and my homies. Yeah, yeah, I'm Doug C. The rider with a click and like a dragon. A snake number five when I spit. And I can't shake these girl away. A street rich near in the bag of lays. Some rubber bands, some braids. All right. Even though I like Dub C's verse, <clears throat> it's not pertinent to this part of the discussion. So, for those who didn't quite catch it, Ice Cube in that verse said, To all them bitches that think they bootylicious, I think they nutritious, I think they do dishes, I'm making three wishes, or taking they pictures, and spending they riches, and fucking they bitches. Egomaniac, little homies call me brainiac. Ice Cube's an asshole and it ain't an act. So take a hit of that and remember that where all my motherfucking niggas and my bitches at. That's awful. That is awful. I mean, I rank that right up there with the, the mumble mouth rappers I criticize on a regular basis. That is awful. What does it even mean? All the bitches that think they're bootylicious. Okay, I get that. I think they nutritious. I think they do dishes. What does that mean? I think they're nutritious. I think they do dishes. What does that mean? I don't know. Egomaniac. Little homies call me brainiac. Ice cubes an asshole and it ain't an act. So take a hit of that and remember that. What? I mean, maybe he said, so take a hit of yak. I, either way, it's awful. Bootylicious, nutritious, and dishes. Please. Awful. Alright. The next question, again, is very... Yeah, it always comes up. And especially in this age of heightened sensitivities around language and uh, sexuality and gender and etc., etc. The question is... Why have you overlooked all of the anti-homosexual references peppered throughout the album? And the answer is, I haven't overlooked them, and they're definitely there, but complaints about homophobic lyrics in rap songs have to take a bronze medal to misogyny and depictions of black-on-black -black violence on the list of things to be offended by, at least for me. If I can overlook Ice Cube calling for the lynching and burning of a black man, the incessant use of the word nigga, and a host of other things in order to see the album as a complete piece of art told from a specific perspective, then you can set aside your complaints. Especially if they're relegated only to the anti-gay references and black-on-black -black violence, misogyny, and the word nigga don't ruffle your feathers. I prioritize concern based on the magnitude of the problem and the number of victims of black-on-black -black violence and violence against women are staggering. Now, should terms like fag and faggot be used to degrade or dehumanize? Of course not, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to defend that, but I'm also not going to pretend that language, as provocative and sensitive or politically incorrect as it may be, has ever actually prevented me from being able to assess an album in total. And perhaps a lifetime of listening to hip-hop has desensitized my ears. 
Mm. Possibly. I mean, Ice Cube gave a direct warning about the most violent and deadly civil disturbance in the past two centuries, along with a warning about the conditions and patient care at the primary hospital serving the most disadvantaged area of the country. To get hung up on the offensive language and stopping right there is like criticizing Paul Revere for whipping his horse and ignoring the fact that he sent up the call that the British were coming. And while on the subject of words and language, let's uh, take a second to think about the fact that on later pressings of death certificate that came out, the word Jew in no Vaseline was scrubbed out. So it's, it goes like, instead of saying, you let a Jew break up my crew, it's you let up... Break up my crew. But the word nigga was crisp and clear and repeated often. Huh. And let's see. Let's get some background music here. That's what was missing. I was so busy ranting and raving, I didn't. All right. Get a little of that going. And let's see. Let's see. Another question that comes up. Why do you call yourself the hip-hop Taliban? Uh, This has been discussed on other episodes of the podcast, but basically uh, the short answer is uh, my best friend decided that I was being... (laughs) I was apparently fanatically devoted to declaring what is and is not real hip-hop and he said it was very uh reminiscent of the fatwas and mandates that uh would come down from the taliban so he dubbed me hip-hop taliban and that stuck and that's it isn't that name disrespectful to the victims of 9-11 and the troops well First of all, it's not hip-hop Al-Qaeda, which, you know, even if it was. Yeah. But it's not any more disrespectful, disrespectful than Hova is blasphemous. Besides, as far as I'm concerned, the hip-hop-related name to be up in arms about is Rick Ross, who named himself after Freeway Rick Ross, the asshole who flooded the black communities nationwide with tons of cocaine crack in the 80s crack cocaine has devastated generations of black people and communities to a greater extent than any plot conceived by any semi-state sponsors of terrorism and I know that they got into a there was a court battle between freeway Ricky Ross the crack kingpin and rick ross the fat florida rapper and i believe uh fat florida won so but nevertheless just that name that's yeah ricky ross awful another question that comes up let's see let's see 
What about Tupacalypse Now? The Tupac album. This is before before Tupac became a fake thug and wanted to, you know, beat people down in uh, Las Vegas casinos. He was pretty much a conscious rapper along the lines of where Ice Cube was going with the uh, death certificate. A lot of political uh, statements and positions taken by hip hop, by hip hop, by Tupac. And on the album Tupacalypse Now, he touches on similar themes to what Ice Cube addressed uh, on Death Certificate and America's Most Wanted. And it was very much a product of the time when black consciousness, uh, there was a strain of black consciousness that was woven throughout uh, hip-hop. But while the album is solid, it is Tupac's first. Even though his passion, charisma, and seemingly boundless energy carry the album, it is a raw product with a lyrical and rhythmic peaks and valleys that prevent it from being his best work, yet alone one of the great hip-hop albums. And as I mentioned, Tupacalypse Now is an album that has some of the elements that make Death Certificate hip-hop's greatest, but not enough to qualify it to be ranked as the greatest. Another question, does this mean you think Death Certificate is hip-hop's most important album? And the answer to that is no. Without albums like Criminal Minded, Nation of Millions, Straight Outta Compton, Run DMC, The Message, Paid in Full, hip-hop would never have advanced beyond disposable pop culture party rap, kind of like disco. And therefore, an album like Death Certificate would not have been possible. As far as I'm concerned, important albums mark some shift or advancement in the music that allow it to expand into other areas that previously hadn't existed. Hip-hop's most important albums tend to be skewed toward much older releases, as it was much easier to find new ground to break 30 years ago when the art form was in its infancy. For example, Straight Outta Compton, Nation of Millions, and Criminal Minded are incredibly important albums. However, it can be argued that Niggas for Life, Fear of a Black Planet, and Edutainment are better, more polished, and focused albums, both lyrically and technically, even though the older albums are much more important in the course of hip-hop history. The Message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang are arguably the two most important songs in the history of hip-hop, but they are definitely not even in the discussion as far as the greatest songs from a rhyme and skills and lyrics perspective? Not even close. Important, yes. The best, nope. But, because I always want to take an opportunity to educate and enlighten, there may be people who aren't very familiar with uh, the history of hip-hop, who just somehow stumbled onto this podcast and three hours later are at this point. So I'm going to play both Rapper's Delight and The Message and 
again, as I mentioned, these are two of the most important songs in the history of hip-hop. With the message bringing a sense of social consciousness and that that sort of ground-level citizen journalist artist perspective, uh, Chuck D would famously later say that rap music was the CNN of the ghetto or of the black community or something to that effect. And the message is one of the first songs that I recall and by far the most famous to actually begin to take a look at the conditions in the areas where this music was being produced. And Rapper's Delight from the Sugar Hill Gang was was and is just that song that that happy party song that introduced this new style of music to a mass audience. And while I don't think that lyrically, especially Rapper's Delight, lyrically, I don't think that it stands the lyrical test of time. It is iconic and legendary and arguably the the first or second most important song in the history of this music we call rap. So, here we go. Rapper's Delight, followed up by The Message. The hip, the hip, the hip, 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 hop, you don't stop. Rock it out, baby, bubba to the boogity, bang, bang, the boogie to the boogity beat. Now what you hear is not a test, I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. You see, I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello. Up to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, the purple, and yellow. But first, I gotta bang, bang, the boogie to the boogie, say up, jump, the boogie to the bang, bang, boogie, let's rock. You don't stop, rock the rhythm that'll make your body rock. Well, so far you've heard my voice, but I brought two friends along. And next on the mic is my man Hank. Come on, Hank, sing that song. Check it out. When I'm imp, the dimp, the ladies pimp, the women fight for my delight. But I'm the grand master with the three MCs that shop the house for the young ladies. And when you come inside into the front, you do the freak bank, I do the bump. And when the sucker MCs try to prove a point with Treacher's Trio, I win the serious joint. From song to song and from day to day, I sit down and write a brand new rhyme. Because they say that miracles never cease. I've created a devastating masterpiece. I'm gonna rock the mic so you can't resist everybody. I say it goes like this when I was coming home late one dark afternoon. Reporter stopped me for an interview. She said she's heard stories and she's heard fables that are vicious on the mic and the turntable. This young reporter I did adore. So I rocked the vicious rhyme like I never did before. She said, Damn, fly guy, I'm in love with you. The Casanova legend must have been true. I said, By the way, baby, what's your name? Said I go by the name Lois Lane and you can be my boyfriend. You surely can. Just let me quit my boyfriend call Sue. But man, I said, he's a fairy, I do suppose Flying through the air, the pantyhose He may be very sexy or even cute But he looks like a sucker in a blue and red suit I said, you need a man who's got finesse And his whole name across his chest He may be able to fly all through the night But can he rock a party till the early light? He can't satisfy you with his little worm But I can bust you out with my super sperm I go, do it, I go, do it, I go, do it, do it, do it And I'm here, and I'm there 
I'm Big Bang Hank, I'm everywhere. I just throw your hands up in the air and party harder like you just don't care. Let's do it. I don't stop, y'all. I take a drop, y'all. You know, stop. I go hotel, motel. And what you gonna do today? Someone get a fly girl, gonna get some spanking drive off in a death OJ. Everybody go hotel, motel, holiday in. You see, if your girl starts acting up, then you take a friend. Have you ever went over a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good? I mean, the macaroni soggy, the peas almost, and the chicken tastes like wood. So you try to play it off like you think you can by a saying that you're full. And then your friend says, Mama, he's just being polite. He ain't finished her. Oh, that's bull. So your heart starts pumping and you think of a lie and you say that you already ate. And your friend says, Man, there's plenty of food. So he piles some more on your plate. But while the sticky food's steaming, your mind starts to dream of the moment it's time to leave. And then you look at your plate and your chicken's slowly rotting into something that looks like cheese. Oh, so you say, that's it, I got to leave this place, I don't care what these people think. I'm just sitting here making myself nauseous with this ugly food that stinks. Oh, so you bust out the door while it's still close, still sick from the food you ate. And then you run to the store for quick relief from a bottle of K.O. Pectate. And then you call your friend two weeks later to see how he has been. And he says, I understand about the food, babe, but bubba, but we're still friends. Oh, with a hip hop, the hippie to the hip, and a hip hip a hopper, you don't stop the rocker to the bang bang, boogie, say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. To move out, I guess I got no choice Rats in the front room, roaches in the back Junkies in the alley with the baseball bat I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far Cause a man with the tow truck repossessed my car Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under Standing on the front stoop, hanging out the window, watching all the cars go by, roaring as the breezes blow. A crazy lady living in a bag, eating out of garbage pails, used to be a fag hag, such a dash to tango, skipped the life and dango, was her gone prince to seem to lost her senses. Down at the peep show, watching all the creeps, so she could tell the stories to the girls back home. She went to the city and got so, so, so diddy, she had to get a pimp, she couldn't make it on her own. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. 
My brother's doing fast on my mother's TV. Says she watches too much. It's just not healthy. All my children in the daytime, Dallas at night. Can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight. The bill collectors, they ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not home. Got a bum education, double digit inflation. Can't take the train to the job. There's a strike at the station. Me on King Kong, standing on my back. Can't stop to turn around. Broke my sacroiliac, a mid range migraine, cancer membrane. Sometimes I think I'm going insane. I swear I might hijack a plane. Don't push me. Call, I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. My son said, Daddy, I don't want to go to school because the teacher's a jerk. He must think I'm a fool. And all the kids smoke reefer. I think it'd be cheaper if I just got a job, learn to be a street sweeper. I dance to the beat, shuffle for my feet, wear a shirt and tie, and run with the creeps. Because it's all about money. Ain't a damn thing funny. You got to have a con in this land of milk and honey. They push that girl in front of the train. Took her to the doctor, sewed her arm on the game. Stabbed that man right in his heart. Gave him a transplant for a brand new start I can't walk through the park cause it's crazy after dark Keep my hand on my gun cause they got me on the run I feel like an outlaw, broke my last glass jaw Hear them say you want some more, living on a seesaw Don't push me cause I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head Say what? It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under a child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God is smiling on you, but he's frowning too, because only God knows what you'll go through. You'll grow in the ghetto, living second rate, and your eyes will sing a song, because he hate the places you play and where you stay. Looks like one great big alleyway. You'll admire all the number book takers, thugs, pimps, and pushers, and the big money makers. Driving big cars, spending 20s and 10s, and you want to grow up to be just like them. <laughs> Smugglers, scramblers. Burglars, gamblers, pickpocket peddlers, even panhandlers. You say, I'm cool, I'm no fool. But then you wind up dropping out of high school. Now you're unemployed, all non-void. Walking around like your pretty boy Floyd. Turn stick up, kid, but look what you done did. Got sent up for an eight-year bid. Now your manhood is took and you're a make tag. Spend the next two years as an undercover fag. Being used and abused to serve like hell. To one day, you was found hung dead in the cell. It was plain to see that your life was lost. You was cold and your body swung back and forth But now your eyes sing the sad, sad song Of how you live so fast and die so young So don't push me Cause I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going And let's see. Frequently asked question. The next one. Does Ice Cube consider Death Certificate his best album? This is interesting because in 1997, uh, I was um, working as an editor at a newspaper out here in L.A. and conducted an interview with Ice Cube. And I asked him that question, and he told me that uh, Death Certificate was his best album. And at the time, 97, uh, 
he was just about to release the War and Peace albums, which he claimed in the interview that the war disc was going to kind of be like the the death side of death certificate and then the peace disc was going to be like the life side so the peace disc was going to be more political and offer up solutions and the war disc was going to be sort of uh typical gangster rap fair uh turns out that i don't think it ended up being a double release i think it was like just war and peace was the name of the album and by that point he he just gotten too weird and contrived for me he was doing movies at that point like by this time friday had been out friday was a hit there at that point there'd probably been multiple fridays and other movies he was in he was basically becoming a mainstream celebrity not to the extent that he is now but he was on he was clearly on that that road so it wasn't really believable that he had the same anger and rage in him that was displayed on his first three albums i mean it makes sense you make money you change you grow you evolve i get it but that war and peace disc uh or album I just remember he was for the promotional material he was dressed like some kind of dystopian future carnival barker and he had like a black hat and some kind of like steampunk type outfit it was it was just weird and he was just reaching at that point and uh yeah, God bless him for trying something, but yeah, swing and a miss on that. But when I asked him about death certificate, I have a, I actually found, I had a micro cassette recorder that I used when I would conduct interviews, and I found it and was able to pull the audio off. So this is a little grainy. Uh, I need to run it through some audio filters and touch it up, but it should be sufficient to uh, listen to here. So I'm gonna play a little piece of this interview. This is Ice Cubes and me. Uh, Ice Cube in his own words regarding death certificate.
And there you have it, Ice Cube, in his own words. Now, for anybody who visited the site or visits the site, greatesthiphopalbum.com, if you don't feel like reading through everything that's written, because it's a lot, I tried to go uh, as deep as I possibly could to try and illustrate my points in the clearest possible way. Or, if you, well, if you've already listened this far, then this next part probably won't help you. But, if there is someone else that you need to convince about the greatness of Death Certificate, and they don't want to listen to however many hours this podcast ends up being, or they don't want to read through everything that's written there uh, on the website, I did create a cheat sheet, a Cliff Notes version, a synopsis, if you will, of the primary arguments, and then people can go back and look more in-depth at everything uh, on their own. So, I am going to just run through some of these elements. There's really only seven, and... It's the seven key reasons why I believe Death Certificate is hip-hop's greatest album. So, let's get into it. Okay, number one, prophecy. Death Certificate predicted the L.A. riots one year before they occurred and identified the two key flashpoints, black Korean hostilities and the fallout from the police beating of Rodney King. It also specified who would be the target of the violence once the riot jumped off and why. The riot was the most costly, violent, and deadly American civil disturbance since 1863. And Ice Cube predicted it in great detail more than a year before it happened. Prophecy 2.0 Death Certificate highlighted in great detail the poor patient care at Martin Luther King Drew Hospital, an institution that would eventually be closed years later due in large part to an incident virtually identical to the one described in the song Alive on Arrival. Number three, degree of difficulty. As a concept album with songs about separate and distinct topics built around a central theme and maintained throughout the album, Death Certificate represents the most difficult type of album to create. Sequencing is critical as each song flows thematically and lyrically from one to the other, advancing the album's theme and narrative. Number four, Condemnation. No hip-hop album has been more widely condemned for its overall lyrical content than Death Certificate. The album received a backlash from the media, social, and government quarters unlike any hip-hop album before or since. Ice-T and Body Count's Cop Killer was a rock record. Just because people tend to bring that up. 
classic diss, number five. No Vaseline essentially destroyed the world's most dangerous group, NWA, with a barrage of blistering attacks on Easy, Dre, Ren, and DJ Yella that centered on a litany of decidedly non-gangster missteps and most notably the fact that white manager Jerry Heller was taking financial advantage of the group's members, an issue that eventually led Dr. Dre to leave the group and Ruthless Records. Not only was there no reply record from N.W.A. to No Vaseline, but the group disbanded soon afterwards. The song was banned in the U.K. pressings of the album. Number 6. The Cover A must-mention on any list of greatest album covers, Death Certificate's cover, cover art features superior composition with a menacing ice cube standing in a morgue over the flag-draped, toe-tagged body of Uncle Sam. Open to various lines of interpretation, the cover is as iconic as any in hip-hop. Number 7. Timelessness As with any album considered in the greatest discussion, Death Certificate maintains a timeless element. The album, sadly, is a lyrically and thematically, is as lyrically and thematically relevant now as it was upon its release in October 1991. Musically, the beats aren't dated in the same way G-Funk, James Brown samples, and 808 beats tie other albums to a specific moment in time. Over the past few decades, many hip-hop albums have possessed two or three of these attributes, but none have combined all of these elements executed at such a high level. In addition, the prophetic nature of this album cannot be understated as there is simply no equivalent in hip-hop and possibly in the 20th and 21st century popular music of art so clearly forecasting catastrophic events. What Ice Cube achieved on Death Certificate would be the equivalent of Lil Wayne predicting Hurricane Katrina and the breakdown of social order that occurred after FEMA botched the response a year before it all occurred. Quite simply, Death Certificate represents everything hip-hop music theoretically and idealistically imagines itself to be at its very best. Controversial, socially and culturally relevant, creative, political, provocative, and artistic. And by that standard... There is no greater album in hip-hop than Death Certificate. So that's it. That is my case for Death Certificate as hip hop's greatest album. And I appreciate everyone taking time to listen to this uh, maybe well over three hours of this special edition 
of the Get Off My Lawn podcast. This was a special, special edition for a special anniversary. 25 years ago. It's been 25 years since Death Certificate was released. And in the years since and in the years prior, there has been no other hip-hop album like it. I would argue that in popular American music, there has been no other album like it. And much of that stems from both the times and the nature of the music industry and how things have changed. But the problem, as I see it, is that things are just different now. Things are different. The only reason we were able to have Poor Righteous Teachers and De La Soul existing in the same space with the Ghetto Boys and King Key and Heavy D and MC Hammer is because the music hadn't yet become financially viable as a career choice. It was still largely an art. And not art as it exists now where being creative or outside of the norm relegates you to a permanent underground subclass. But art in the sense that there was no huge financial incentive to sound like the next MC. Instead, you sounded like you because you had something personal to express and you knew the community would back you up because no biters were allowed. But things have changed. And if there's anything that I'm nostalgic for, it's a time when rap music mattered mattered in the sense that it actually informed my political consciousness and cultural awareness, not just my fashion sense. And in 1991, hip-hop was still largely counterculture. In 2011, and now in 2016, it is the culture. Well, pop culture, anyway. And plain and simply, rap music no longer matters. It no longer requires serious attention to be paid to it because the mainstream of hip-hop's music is not a serious music conducted by serious people. It's a parody of itself that exists to generate revenue and allow MCs to step off into movies and corporate gigs, become sports drinks, pitchmen, and TV reality stars. And I know... There's no going back, and perhaps we shouldn't. There's no need. What was created back then will always exist and will influence new classics. But just as we never looked at Mike Tyson the same way after Buster Douglas had him crawling around on all fours in Tokyo, mouthpiece dangling from his gold tooth grill, we can't look at hip-hop and pretend it has the same social influence and power it did decades ago. Rap music poses no threat, no fear, no concern that the right set of lyrics at the right moment in time could spark a social or cultural revolution amongst its listeners. 
No, 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 no. Rap music is the defanged snake, the neutered bull, the declawed tiger, the married man. It matters only in so much as it has been integrated into society, has a place and a function that we can opt to pay attention to if we so choose. But if we don't, we won't be missing much. Death Certificate occurred at a time when rap music mattered. And that album mattered more than most. And sometimes, timing is everything. Peace.